Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, it's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States. It's Monday, and you know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to the Steve Malzberg Show. Um, Lots to get to. It's been a busy weekend. It's going to be a busy week. And uh, we had a Republican presidential candidate drop out. We had uh, another, well, we had a reaction to uh, one of uh, Obama's disciples calling for Joe Biden to drop out. That reaction came from Joe Biden, called him a not very nice word, actually. Um, (laughs) We have uh, the Democrats going crazy over the possibility uh, of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. staying in the race as a third party candidate because the polls show uh, he would get around 20 percent or 16 percent. And that could just about be the end all for 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 Joe Biden. That's if Joe Biden is uh, the candidate, of course. And that's a big, big question. And um, we have President Biden going to meet with uh, the Chinese president, Xi, uh, um, in a couple of days in San Francisco. And if you went to San Francisco, you wouldn't recognize it because they're cleaning it up. They're getting all the garbage off the streets, all the people off the streets. And Newsom admits, yeah, it's basically because uh, the world is coming here. And I'm sure when it's over, they'll resume business as usual. So it's crazy. It's getting crazier. Here to join us once again, I'm happy to say, is former congresswoman from the state of New York, Republican Dr. Nan Hayworth, first female MD to serve a full term as a member of Congress, also served on the Trump 2020 Advisory Board. Congresswoman, how are you? Better for being with you, Steve. So we'll solve these problems together, I trust. (laughs) (laughs) You you always say the nicest things. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw you and everybody who is listening a little curb. Because I thought of something today. And I I mean, I I just really, to me, it's just another talking point that the Republicans should use. First of all, abortion. We had the election uh, tomorrow be a week ago. And we know what happened in Ohio. We know what happened in Virginia. And, uh, you know, and it's been one after the other. And you and I have talked about abortion. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to play later on uh, someone on CNN, John Avalon, who can't wipe that smile off his face, no matter what he's talking or listening or getting ready to talk. I I, I can't take it Um, anyway. So he did. He went to the wall, the fact wall, whatever the heck it's called. And, oh, facts matter and blah, blah, blah. So uh, uh, he said that, um, you know, the Democrats uh, are accused by the Republicans of favoring late term abortion, abortion on demand till the end, which they do. But their excuse always is uh, whether it's as long as it's a Republican guest or in this case, commenting on it, you know, it's hardly ever used. It's it's Mm. about one percent or less. So I went Mm. and looked at some numbers. Okay, Uh, according to the uh, the the. Guttmacher Institute. You may be familiar yes. with them. There's some kind. OK, they're a pro reproductive health group. Yes. They have different numbers slightly than the CDC on abortions. The latest year that either of those have numbers for abortions in the U.S. is 2020. And they have mm-hmm. 930,000 abortions. So if yeah. we're talking one percent, that's mm-hmm. nine 
8,300. And let's say yes. a little less. Let's say it's 6,000, mm-hmm. 7,000. Partial yeah. birth or late term abortions where the baby is fully formed, ready to come out, feels pain, everything else, and they sure. sucked out. Yeah. Now, let's to the Democrats' main, main, um, you know, besides abortion, guns. Kids yes. are killed with guns. And of course, one is too mm-hmm. many. But you know how many kids were killed with guns in, uh, let me get the year right, uh, that, 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 2021, according to the, yeah. uh, the latest stats? 2,590. Yes. So 2,590 kids were killed with guns. Again, uh, mm-hmm. horrible. But yes. that's their that's their reason for saying you got to you got to ban guns. You got to take guns away. You got to do this. You got to yeah. do that. But six, seven, eight, nine thousand babies that are ready to be born that feel pain that you kill at yeah. the end. Eh, that's insignificant. That's a, who cares? That's less than one percent. To me, right. that should be a talking point. Oh, Steve, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's a it's a very significant talking point. Uh, I th- and and it should be talked about. There's there, there's no question about it. I agree with you completely. Um, I I think, I, and I know we've uh, you know it, it it is a a topic of of much passion. It feels like an existential uh, issue, and it is uh, on in in many respects. Um, I, where most Americans fall uh, is in in the middle, as they do on many things. Uh, right. And you know, the challenge in elections is that, of course, in you know, in given areas and in given states, and you know, across the country, uh, there are constituencies that can sway elections by having uh, a minority viewpoint. But you know, in a particular place where that you know minority viewpoint can move enough votes to make a difference. Most Americans feel that during the first trimester of pregnancy, uh, which would be considered early term, uh, during the first trimester of pregnancy, uh, you know, government should not impose itself between a woman and her doctor. Um, And I, too, feel that government should not impose itself there. That does not mean I'm in favor of abortion. No, no, I understand. Uh, Right. And I think most folks feel that way. It's not that they say, wow, it's a great thing. We ought to be doing more of these. You know, nothing of the sort. Um, history does tell us, unfortunately, that, uh, you know, women not. Well, it's very unfortunate that women should ever feel that there are pregnancies they don't wish to carry. There are many reasons why that can be. Uh, but history does teach us that women who are denied legal means will seek means uh, outside the law. And I think no matter what uh, a law says, that will happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, women especially, I think, tend to remember a horrible image from the 1960s, uh, you know, a poor woman named Ginny Santoro who tried to abort herself at five months, which was terrible for so many reasons, and ended up dying. And, of course, the fetus she was carrying died as well. And the picture was just horrific. Uh, and, you know, that's been a rallying cry. So a, a whole lot of folks, especially women, especially women in suburbs, there's no question about it, tend to be motivated by that. And I think it does play a role. Uh, the Dobbs decision removed uh, the umbrella that Roe versus Wade uh, provided from the federal level uh, that, uh, you know, and it, it did actually make life for Republicans in swing districts 
uh, easier in a sense, because you said, well, look, I am not going to seek to overturn Roe versus Wade. And indeed, I did not seek to do that or to foster that. But I did have a pro-life voting record, actually, Steve, because I voted to withdraw taxpayer funding from Planned Parenthood. And I think that's one way Republicans can square the circle is by saying, we're not going to force you, the taxpayer, to pay for something that you find morally repugnant. You know, it could be privately funded, but you're not going to be paying for it with taxpayer dollars, like the Hyde Amendment, you know, in terms of foreign aid. Anyway, so I think the, 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 the laws that extend that barrier can be exploited. There's no question. They do make it not illegal to uh, end a healthy pregnancy. Uh, past the first trimester. You are correct in that. And, you know, the state of New York, and the state of Virginia both have laws that allow uh, an extension of that time limit uh, past when the average American would say, you know, I'm comfortable with that. It is true uh, that that is a minority of procedures. And I don't know how many of those procedures are on uh, fetuses who would be considered healthy. Um, but, you know, assuming there are, that's obviously 9,000 uh, hideously, you know, that's infanticide. Uh, no obstetrician I know would, would do that. There are uh, cases in which uh, babies uh, are not healthy, are uh, destined to not survive. They have a lethal malformation. Uh, I don't know whether those procedures are included in those statistics in some way, because that's a very different situation. Uh, right. But I think the purpose of, of laws that extend that deadline is more to put a great big underline under what women in these kinds of blue states, uh, predominantly women, tend to want, but many men too, you know, and that is stay out of this. Okay, just stay out of this. I have to deal with this with my doctor. It's painful enough. Uh, and that is why the laws are phrased that way. I'm not I'm not a friend of that. But I do think that in these kinds of areas like Virginia, uh, it, it becomes a very, very difficult thing unless and, and we could go back to your point about about the the terrible numbers here, Steve, unless we can change hearts and minds on the ground. And that's what I urge my friends to do. Use your First Amendment right to support crisis pregnancy centers, to be an advocate, to you know shout from the rooftops the kind of statistics that you're talking about, Steve, because most reasonable people would say that's not something that I want to participate in. And I will not do that uh, to my baby or to myself. And that's really where it comes down to, I think, Steve, with all respect, is hearts and minds. Yeah. Um, to do that, Republicans would have to speak out. All right, let's, mo let's move on to the Democrat side for a second here. Um, CNN freaked out a little bit, um, and, and, and so have other outlets, not only with the, the recent polls on Biden, Trump, and the, the swing states, but when you throw... Uh, John, John, uh, John F. Kennedy, when you throw RFK Jr., because I, yeah. I have on the I, as a Seinfeld fan, I, I have on the brain uh, <laughs> J.F. <laughs> yeah. Jr., you know, John but, F. But this, Kennedy Jr. Right. Um, but this yeah. is RFK Jr. Um, and yes. he's at the latest Quinnipiac University poll or a recent one, according to CNN, yeah. he hit yeah. 20 percent among registered yeah. voters. 
Not since, yeah. you know, it's very rare. You got Ross Perot, uh, who ended up with 19. You got John Anderson, who had uh, 20 entering the campaign and wound up getting seven. Uh, you have yeah. um, George Wallace. So, I, I mean, how does how does uh, uh, RFK and, and, you know, we had uh, Jeffrey Lord on on Thursday and Lord, yeah. you know, was talking. I asked him about the comment that Trump made that he he'd consider Tucker Carlson. He said he might consider Tucker Carlson, but he also might consider Joe Manchin or RFK Jr. So what yeah. do you think about those those three names? Um, well, I, Tucker Carlson won't run. And I I don't think it would be uh, the best choice. Tucker is Agreed. a professional provocateur and he will stick with that. It's highly profitable for him and good for him. Uh, Senator Manchin, I don't think he would be likely to run with uh, President Trump on on a shared ticket. Um, you know, I, I would say that I don't think President Trump would be unwilling to consider innovating in such a way um, because he is very capable of creative thinking. No question about it. Um, RFK Jr. obviously is. Uh, resonating with millions and millions of Americans. Uh, and he straddles the Republican and Democrat positions in in certain ways. He is a distinctly populist kind of candidate, but he also has uh, a certain libertarian streak uh, that's quite welcome if it were to uh, truly be his guide. I, and I'm not trying to accuse him of being dishonest about that in terms of free speech and protecting spe free speech. So no doubt there are a lot of disaffected folks who feel, you know, a pox on both your houses. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you and I, Steve, and your listeners can understand how we have gotten to this sad point in United States politics. And most of it has to do with the fact that the so-called statesmen of the past shook hands on things that basically kicked enormous amounts of debt down the road uh, and squandered the patrimony post-World War II for us now to deal with. And dealing with dwindling resources, especially when the Democrats are in charge and do things like shutting off domestic energy development on federal lands. And that is the cardinal sin. Oh, there are so oh, yeah. many oh, yeah. that and opening yep. the borders of the Biden administration. But so there are lots of people who say, I'm done with all of this. I'm done with D.C. RFK Jr. is a breath of fresh air. He agrees on the borders. Uh, you know, he he wants to to preserve my right to, to speak my mind. Uh, and for those more from the left, uh, he is, uh, you know, offering all kinds of government based uh, interventions that will so-called democratize, uh, you know, the economy in various ways, including subsidizing mortgages, which I think is a dreadful idea, you know, but to, to have the federal government offer 3% mortgages when the cost of money, thanks to the Democrats inflation, yeah. is a heck of a lot more than that. So, you know, buckle in. Uh, but for folks who don't understand economics, and we have, sadly, Steve, and that probably is our number one problem in terms of elections, we have a low information electorate, sadly, and anybody can vote. If they, you know, and a lot of people who probably shouldn't be voting because, you know, they're not really technically allowed to vote, maybe voting. I don't know. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, we know that, uh, you know, millions of Americans who have the right to vote go into the the voting booth with less information than they really should have. Nobody tells us you can. And I voted out of ignorance myself in the past. So I'm not exempting myself either. I'm better informed now, obviously. But anyway, so I think he straddles both sides. He clearly the polling 
is a fascinating jumble depending on you know who else they put in the mix you know it's you know RFK Jr Trump Biden well let's add in you know Cornell West and Jill right. Stein Cornel and maybe West. Joe Manchin yeah. right but uh, he probably takes a bit more I think there's a bit more of a risk that he'll take more from Biden just because uh, the populist lane is one that President Trump uh, rides in quite comfortably. Uh, but, you know, uh, he could certainly, you know, he can meet the profile for a lot of Trump voters, too, who might say, I'm going to try something different this time. Or Trump could put him as the VP. I don't think that's likely, but, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a goofy world. But I think I think that would be a very uncomfortable uh, mix. So I don't think that that one is likely. All right. I, I, all right. That, no, that's that, that's certainly fair enough. We're talking to former Congresswoman Nan Hayworth here on the Steve Malsberg show. All right. So let me let's move to uh, to Trump. And, you know what? I, let, I, let, listen to I, I'm going to play a cut for you. This is Jen Psaki talking about Trump the other day on MSNBC. Of course, former press spokesperson for uh, for Joe Biden before the uh, um, self-proclaimed historic figure. Karine Jean-Pierre took over in that position. Here, here's cut 127. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy, unleash troops on protesters, and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time, he plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. But sure, Joe Biden is three years older and occasionally trips over things. Look, there's a lot to be concerned about right now when it comes to a second Trump term. The speeches are getting much more disturbing and much more unhinged, and we should all hear it that way. It's also important to talk about all of this and important to call it out. But there is nothing more important than digging into his actual plans. The faintest of silver linings here is that Trump is warning us in his own voice with a microphone on and a camera rolling, by the way. He's telling us exactly what he plans to do. We all just need to listen. Okay. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, really? He, I mean, first of all, and, and, and you know what's worse? Um, they're talking about, some are also calling him now Hitler again, again. Yes, for yes, the 19th, yes, right. Yeah, for the uh, you know, umpteenth time. Uh, because yeah. he said uh, yeah. he called his uh, opponents vermin. And they said, oh, Hitler said that. Of course, Hillary called her opponents deplorables. deplorables to me, there's absolutely yeah. no, no difference whatsoever. You even have Liz mm. Cheney saying that, yeah, oh, right. uh, he, Trump's a Nazi propagandist at a time when at a time when we've seen Nazis a month ago do what not yes. do worse. Yes. Well, not worse. Do what Nazis do. Real Nazis. They're still labeling Trump a Nazi. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Steve. I Well, apropos of the comment that I just made about low information voters, the lowest information voters uh, whom we would expect to be far better informed are those who listen to someone like Jen, Jen Psaki and uh, you know, watch MSNBC and watch CNN and read only the right. New York Times, Washington Post, you know, Gannett newspapers, USA Today, you can name them. Uh, those are those are dangerously low information voters because they they swallow this stuff uh, whole and they don't. Uh, you know, I I mean I can tell you I have friends who are intelligent people, uh, really genuinely are, and in the summer of 2021 they were not aware 
of uh, the existence of that laptop, for example. And, you know, so so Jen Psaki's listeners have only ever seen images of the Capitol, uh, you know, walls crawling with people, you know, climbing, <laughs> rappelling up uh, and into, uh, you know, into the rotunda. Uh, and, you know, they genuinely think that President Trump is a so-called insurrectionist. These are the people who, you know, give a thumbs up to trying to keep him off the ballot. Uh, and they are absolutely willing to let Joe Biden skate because they they don't even know what most of the dots are and they don't connect the dots. And, you know, most of these folks are sufficiently affluent that they either, you know, their their lifestyle doesn't really change even with inflation, even with uh, you know, the, uh, the, the roiling job market and, you know, m- housing market and all that, you know, they, they either survive it enough or they say, well, this is the price of progress. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is the hangover from Trump's terrible policies during COVID or, right, right. you know, because we have to pay the price for the transition to the green agenda. Or just what we were talking about, or you know what, if we want to protect uh, abortion rights, quote unquote, as they'll call them, uh, we have to make these sacrifices. But don't discount how much that so-called green agenda and how much the indoctrination of uh, young Americans, especially who have the least life experience, but are allowed to vote. You know, and this is why Democrats love to get young people out to vote, you know, get them before they actually realize that they're paying all these bills you know lower the the age to 12 lower the age to 12 they want to lower it to 16 i know know. yeah yeah so this is what they are counting on is low information voters and then uh, you know and i i Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna just one more sentence. I love. No, 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 no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Well, yeah. Thank you, Steve. No, really, I love President Trump dearly. I really, genuinely do, and I will fight like heck for him. Um, But this is where you know he does. You know, his mouth, unfortunately, uh, is you know, and all of us as conservatives and Republicans, you know, our our mouths can get us into trouble in ways that never happen with Democrats because we have an entire media apparatus ready to pounce. So, you know, if you you could take. If he could take a cue from Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, who really seems to be so measured, right? You know, it's really hard to misconstrue. But they're what they're he killing says. they're killing they're killing Johnson in the media, killing him. He's a radical oh, Christian. He's dangerous. I He's this. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Which leads me. You gave me two great lead-ins. Two great lead-ins. I want you to hear what our uh, what our media sounds like. This is courtesy of the of the Media Research Center. Uh, this is um, a montage, uh, not even the, the whole montage, but part of the montage. Uh, this is um, cut number 137. Hamas officials say the death toll in the Gaza Strip is now over 6,000. Hamas says Israeli airstrikes have killed more than 7,000 Palestinians. Hamas says Israeli strikes in Gaza have killed almost 50 hostages. According to the Palestinian Health Ministry. According to the Palestinian Health Ministry. According to Palestinian health officials. Palestinian health officials. According to Hamas officials. According to uh, Hamas officials. We spoke to a senior Hamas official. That's not only according to Hamas and Palestinian authorities on the ground. 
happened in Gaza, but that's according to international rights groups, according to people we've been speaking to. New reaction to President Biden's visit to the Middle East from a spokesperson from Hamas. There are instances in the past where the Israeli military has said things in the immediate aftermath of an incident that have turned out not to be true in the long run. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is our this is a sampling of, of, yes. of so many yeah. different network. Hamas says Hamas says Hamas says. Right. I mean, you talk right. about indoctrination. You talk about, you know, right. uh, uh, t- teaching right. the ignorant. You talk. I mean, this is social yes. media is one thing which is bad enough, which is awful. But sure. this is what people watch. I, I Absolutely. It's, it's like. ISIS. Well, ISIS said today or Al Qaeda said today or I mean, Osama bin Laden's people said today. I mean, are they out of their minds? Well, a couple of things uh, in that regard, Steve. One is that uh, those networks who choose to quote Hamas should always provide the disclaimer that Hamas has been known to lie about (laughs) uh, most, if not all of what they say heretofore. So, right? No, 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 so, that, that's only the right? IDF. That's only the Listener, IDF, apparently. Right. Now, and also, exactly. also so they're, a terrorist. Yeah. They're, a recognized, they're a recognized terrorist group by Absolutely. the United States. <laughs> Absolutely. And that brings me to the second point you inspired, Steve, which is that uh, the the viewers of the those networks and the readers of those newspapers, uh, the so-called dominant media, as Mark Halpern says, have little to know perhaps apprehension of the fact that Joe Biden, and he is the third term of Barack Obama, who's been talking about how we're all, oh, we're all culpable. It's like, no, we're not. You're culpable, buddy. And your administration is culpable and your hangers on and your supporters and your funders and your voters, they're culpable, but I ain't because what he has done and what Biden is now doing and with the Biden occupation, because I don't even like to call them an administration, what they are doing is facilitating the flow of billions of dollars in resources to the Iranian theocracy by not sanctioning them, by reversing sanctions that President Trump legally put on, by coddling them. Barack Obama said, well, we have to, you know, they they live in the neighborhood. It's like, yes, and they should be friggin' evicted from the neighborhood, you know. But but this is what Barack Obama and all of his, you know, uh, you know high-minded uh, cohorts have done to the world. They have unleashed, yep. they have empowered uh, the devil, basically. And Joe yeah, Biden and is right the there with them. And by the way, the devil is having their people shoot at our troops every single yes, day. And exactly. we're basically doing nothing, which is another another show right. for another time. Congresswoman, always a pleasure and an honor. Great to talk to you again. Have a great Thanksgiving and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Mine too, Steve, and you too. Best to you and yours. Thank you for your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Nan Hayworth, ladies and gentlemen. Um as as smart as she is nice, as nice as she is smart. I don't know which to put first. Uh, the nice part is more important, obviously, but she's equal on both fronts. All right. We're going to come back. We have more to talk about. And by the way, tomorrow we have the, an author of a book about Obama and how he's running the government and what he's. Oh, it, 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 again, she Nan gave me like three segues into that soundbite. And now she gave me a segment into plugging tomorrow's guest. Wow. 
unscripted, unrehearsed, unbelievable on the Steve Malzberg Show on TNT Radio. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. residential areas by... And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. My neighbor is so excited. He just filled up his gas tank for 28 bucks. The bad news is it was his lawnmower. I got the high. This sucks. High gas prices blues. Come on, man. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good um bum. That sounded like Senator John Kennedy. Actually, I think it was. Maybe not, but it sounded like him. Welcome back. Steve Malsberg with you. Okay. Uh, lots to get to. Let's see how much we could do. I mentioned John Avlon with that that. Merck, that smile. He smiles when he's introduced. He smiles when he's giving his answer. He smiles when he's not giving his answer. He smiles when he's listening to the question. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, another Republican on CNN, which means a rhino at best and probably suffering from TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, which means he's gone. Um, As far as the Republicans are concerned, he's been gone for a while. So here is. Here he is at the the board. This is like the board of truth. He's telling the truth. Facts. Facts matter, he's going to say. Yeah. Here's cut number 119. Republicans are reeling. Now, some want a national abortion ban, but others are trying to make Democrats sound like the real extremists. Here's Ohio Governor Mike DeWine on Election Day. Would allow an abortion right up until the time of birth. Here's Senator Tim Scott on the debate stage. I would not allow states like California, Illinois, or New York to have abortion up until the day of birth. 
Now, the talking points are clear, right? It's the specter of abortion on demand well into the third trimester, all at the hands of morally monstrous liberals. But it begs the question, how often do third trimester abortions actually occur in America? And the answer is very, very rarely. But that doesn't change. See, he's so stupid. Again, is he stupid? I asked this question. You got to ask it about all of them. And, and I guess, I, I don't know. But so, oh, accusing Democrats of being morally corrupt and wanting abortion on demand. Blah, blah, blah. But what he just said and what and the question he's asking and what he just played doesn't disprove that they are morally corrupt. They do want abortion on demand. All he's asking is, so how often is it used? But but they do want it. When Kamala says, and when they have no right to tell a woman what to do with her body, that means no right from conception to birth or the abortion in between at any time. Now, they'll deny that some of the idiots. Well, so that means you no limits. Well, I'm not saying that. Yes, you are. But he's admitting it. First, he's accusing Republicans of like falsely accusing Democrats, but then he admits it. His defense is, well, how often is it used? Here's cut 120. Get this. In 2020, 93% of abortions occurred in the first trimester. It's according to the CDC. Another 6% occurred between 14 and 20 weeks early in the second trimester. Less than 1% were performed at 21 weeks or more. Which is to say that third trimester abortions are vanishingly rare and almost always because of fetal abnormalities or a medical emergency that threatens the life of the mother. And while the number of people who support abortion rights through the first trimester is at record levels, according to Gallup, it's important to note that the number of abortions have been going down in America since 1990, decades before the overturning of Roe. This is a deeply personal and difficult issue. You can believe that every abortion is a tragedy. And also believe that it's a decision that should be made by a woman, her doctor, her family, and her God, not the government. Most Americans don't hold extreme views on abortion, with the majority saying it should be legal in some circumstances. We're not as divided as activists would have us believe. And we'll find more common ground when we stop demonizing people we disagree with. And that's your reality check. John, thank you so much for that. The facts matter, especially on an issue like this. Facts always matter. Facts always matter. <laughs> first of all, again, so let's so let first of all, abortions have not been going down since 1990, according to the Guttmacher Institute, um, as I quoted earlier. The CDC, even them in the past couple of years, seems to have been the last couple of years they have records of, which the latest year is 2020. I don't know why, why it would take so long if they know every little detail like he claims to know. The number of the percentage of late term abortions is less than one percent. And it's almost always for the life of the mother. How do you know that? I never read statistics on why people had the abortion. Where does he get that from? Where? Where does it come from? This I don't see any statistics when you look at the statistics again from the the uh, the Guttmacher Institute or the CDC. But that aside. So let's just hold on. Who cares if it went down and went up? OK, 2020. 930,000 abortions, like I said to the congresswoman. And he's like, less than 1%. Like, well, this overlap. So 9,000, 8,000, 7,000 babies aborted in the third term, right up until birth. 
Ah, who cares? It's less than 1%. Same, same people, like I said, want to take your gun away and my gun away if you're in the United States because we have to protect our children, which we do, but not that way. And one child killed by a gun is too many. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to compare these hypocrites, oh, six, seven, eight thousand, nine thousand kids, that's ah, one less than one percent. Who cares? And in the case of guns, it's for, in 2021, the last year's statistics are available, 2,590 kids. And that they throw a fit about and want to overreact and take and end the Second Amendment. But the abortions being almost three times that or about three times that, the, the, the late term abortion, they say, ah, it's only one percent. Hypocrites. Please, I can't I can't stand them. I can't stand his smirk. And uh, again, they can't, don't let them win on this issue. Republicans don't let them win. They are in favor of late term abortion, abortion on demand. They are in favor of the health of the mother, the health of the mother, again, defined by the Supreme Court as it applies to abortion for anything, anything, financial responsibility, headaches, stomach aches, you know, uh, whatever. It all fits under the definition of health of the mother by the Supreme Court as it applies to the right to an abortion. Tell the public this. Okay. All right. I'll shut up now for a minute. Now, where am I now? Okay. We did one. And now we're going to shift, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to um, Ronna McDaniel. Uh, uh, Ronna McDaniel is the uh, head of the uh, RNC. And she was asked on CNN State of the Union about the abortion uh, situation. And here we go again, 132. We should have common sense limitations. I mean, why can't the Democrats come to that? Why can't they say, listen, we now know through science from 50 years ago, a baby feels pain as its life is being taken at 15 weeks. Can't you at least come here? Why are Democrats continuing well, to double down on 39 weeks, 38 weeks? Well, what is an abortion they're against? Rana, you know that there are... Most Democrats don't support but why don't they say until, until until the end. But they and don't that, say and that. if there is if something like that happens that far along, it means something is really wrong. Yeah, but that's and, and life of that. the mother, which is an exception. But there are states, five or six, that have it till thirty nine weeks. So yep. why don't you say, you know what, if we don't support that, let's come well, to this consensus position. Anna, you know, uh, you know, nobody ever does that. Hey, hey, no, nobody. You know, they all say that, that it's obligatory. They all when I say they all the media, the media, that's their protection against the radical leftists who want abortion on demand with life or health of the mother through nine months. Oh, you just like Avalon said, but a little differently. Go, Ronnie, you know, you know, nobody ever does that. Ah, nah, 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 nah. That it just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. No way, no how does uh, does it stop? And they won't stop. Republicans have to answer back. They must answer back. Okay, uh, let us continue here. Um, this is this is uh, from Media Buzz on Fox on Sunday. You got Leslie Marshall, who's a leftist. You got Brian Kilmeade, who's on the right from Fox and Friends, and you got um, Howard Kurtz, the host. And they're talking about 
Biden versus Trump, mental stability, mentally, mental capability. Okay. And this, this nonsense now that Trump is worse than Biden because he sometimes says President Obama, I'm running against President Obama instead of Biden. That, oh my God, he's losing it. When Biden, you I, please, if you listen to the show, you know, if you don't listen, I don't know. But every time Biden opens his mouth, it's an adventure. Makes up stories, lies, forgets, says stupid things. White House has to walk it back, falls down. And again, God bless him. He's old. But to say that Trump is now on par with that or worse, again, it's just more fake news. It's insanity. So here is cut 124. But again, the overriding issue, and we've talked about this, and it seems to be bothering a lot of Democrats, is his age. Yeah, but, you know, this week I, I, I saw repeatedly, um, you know, video clip after video clip of Donald Trump's uh, talking about the current president, Barack Obama, who is not the current president. As if, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we want we want to we want to split these things apart. And honestly, in defense of both of them, um, they're they're human. I went into the supermarket the other day and I couldn't remember what the heck I was getting. And I'm not in my 70s yet, although <laughs> really? I may feel it or even look it someday. <laughs> Come on, yes, Leslie. yes, yes. There's no way that <laughs> you can't compare yourself to Joe Biden. There's no way. And Donald Trump keeps saying that because he believes Obama's pulling the strings. I talked to him off camera about that. I talked to him on radio about that. I said, what? And I corrected him on the radio interview. Please go back and listen. Yeah. I said, you mean Joe Biden? He goes, no, Joe Biden. He's convinced Barack Obama's running the country. That's why he says it. He wants you to think. That. Oh, Brian, come on. And he thinks that's come on. That, I, I, that's good. That's good. You should be you should be his manager's campaign. Listen manager. to that's, the good. that's a really good spin on that. No, that's a good spin on that. He does. I've heard him say he believes that Obama's running the country. And please, please, I don't care if he says Obama every time and it's by mistake. This that that's 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 on a scale of one to a hundred, that's a two. And Biden is at 99.999 when it comes to, to screwing up. Please, anything they can put their little false narrative into, they do. And she's not the only one. It's not just Leslie Marshall. They're all saying this. Here's the next cut from, uh, from here. Um, oh, this is, uh, this is Jen Psaki on Trump and the threat he poses. We heard one of the cuts her talking about it when I played for the congresswoman. But here's 125. The threat of a second Trump term is still very real. And the things he is saying right now are some of the most concerning things we have ever heard him say. So it's important for everyone to really start listening. If I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly what that would be you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. If they're beating me, go down and indict them. Trump is forecasting that in a second term, he will wield power however he chooses, unconstrained by the rule of law. This is some truly scary, authoritarian, banana republic type stuff, and we should hear it that way. <laughs> You mean, unlike the banana republic scary type stuff that's actually happening now to Donald Trump? Oh, my God. These people know no shame. Basically, what Trump is saying is, I'll do to them what they're doing to me. And I don't think he will, by the way. But let him say it. 
they're doing it to him. Hey, Saki, have you ever seen anything like this happen to a presidential candidate before to a former president who's running again? One, two, three indictments, four indictments leading up to the election. Oh, but he says he'll do the same thing if he's elected. We can't let that happen. Oh, my God. And here's 126. Just yesterday, he took to Truth Social to imply that Democrats or any political opponents, frankly, are the greatest threat to America and need to be rooted out like vermin. Vermin is the word he used there. And it's not just rhetoric. Remember, The Washington Post reported just last week about specific plans Trump and his allies have drafted to put his words into action. On top of planning to launch investigations into people who dared to critique him or disagree with him during his time in office, including people who work for him. His team has also started to map out plans to invoke the Insurrection Act on his first day in office, which basically would allow him to dispatch the military against civil demonstrations. Think about how crazy that is. Oh, and in the same Univision interview, he also defended his family separation policy at the border. And new reporting from The New York Times this weekend confirms he also has plans for sweeping raids of undocumented immigrants, mass deportations, and the creation of giant camps. He wants to restate the Muslim ban, something he also repeated this weekend. And when he was asked about this, about it this week, about how the U.S. can stop the killing of innocent people in the Israel-Hamas war, he basically said we should just let it all play out. And yet, the hand-wringing and cocktail party speculation about an alternative to Joe Biden is continuing, will continue. Guess what? Joe Biden isn't perfect. No candidate is, by the way. But we have to understand what the alternative is here. So securing our border, getting getting rid of those who are here illegally, letting Israel finish the job in, in Israel and end the end the terrorist threat that they face. Oh, these are terrible, terrible, terribly dangerous things. <laughs> oh man. Well, look, what do you what do you expect? What do you expect? She's an Obama disciple. She has to say what she has to say, but she believes it. I know I think she believes. We're gonna come back. One final segment left in the hour right here on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Children, children, settle down. No more Trump chants. We really, really want to hear from these candidates on the stage, and they worked really hard for us tonight. Children, Settle down. Last night's third Republican debacle proved, in large part by the performance of Vivek Ramaswamy, just how irrelevant these so-called Republican debates are. Vivek took the GOP and the moderators hard into the corner before boarding them. He called out Ronna McDaniel for her consistent track record of failure and offered to give her his time so that she could come to the stage and resign. And then he said to the moderators that they should be replaced by Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, and Elon Musk. But his best line of the night was saying, if you want to elect Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, we've got two on stage tonight, referring to Nikki Haley and Ron disappoints us. Nicely played, Vivek. I see what you did there. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When a crisis hits, close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve, healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important. 
and its donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk. Follow me at Facebook, also Steve M. Talk. Um, and uh, where else could you follow me? Um, Instagram, but uh, I don't do too much on Instagram. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to this. This is, which one was this now? Hmm, this is interesting. Oh, this was the Meet the Press, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu interview. Uh, uh, the, he, he, was, uh, he was at least on Meet the Press and on uh, CNN, State of the Union. He probably did some more as well, as did, by the way, uh, our uh, uh, National Security Advisor, uh, Jake Sullivan. But Let's. Uh, I wanted to get BB in at least tonight, and I think we'll have time to get these three cuts in. Certainly, here we are uh, talking about this question has to deal with. He's answering. Well, it's a question. You'll hear the question, but it's about post-war Gaza. Uh, here's cut one twenty-one. Mr. Prime Minister, you said Saturday you are opposed to the Palestinian Authority returning to control Gaza after the war, and you say that Israel will control Gaza for as long as is needed. Are you saying that Israel would reoccupy Gaza, and what do you say to those who say there should be an international force that governs Gaza after the war? Well, I think Gaza has to uh, uh, make sure that we uh, it's not a threat to Israel. We said destroy Hamas, uh, and uh, for that if we uh, want to have peace, we have to destroy Hamas. This is what Israel uh, must do, and this is what Israel will do. Would you accept but an after, international force, uh, Mr. Prime Minister? Would you accept I, I think an international accept, force? I think that the only force right now that can guarantee that Hamas, that uh, uh, terrorism is not does not reappear and uh, take over Gaza again is the Israeli military. So overall military responsibility will have to be in Israel. Right. Now, I don't think he's ruling out um, some kind of international assistance or international monitoring or something like that. And I don't think that his long-term goal is to be present in Gaza with the military at all. Uh, but, you know, you can't, you can't hand it over immediately. You have to make sure that uh, Hamas and whoever else will come in doesn't come in uh, for the, the, the foreseeable future and the aftermath of all of this. Now here, uh, more on this. Here's cut. Uh, and this is key. Cut 122. As far as the civilian management of Gaza, we need to see uh, the following two things. Gaza has to be demilitarized and Gaza has to be de-radicalized. Mm-hmm. And I think so far we haven't seen any uh, Palestinian force, uh, including the Palestinian Authority, that is able to do it. Uh, they uh, uh, teach their children to hate Israel. They're not fighting terrorists. They're paying for slay. That is, the more terrorists, uh, Palestinian terrorists murder Jews, the more they get paid. And to this day, 36 days after the worst savagery perpetrated on the Jewish people since the Holocaust, the Palestinian Authority president has yet refuses to condemn this savagery. So, you know, we need a different authority. We need a different administration. Yeah. Now, for those who would who have accused me, not 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 uh, no one on this station or anything, but who, who like to consider me or people like me who say things, reading talking points, I can I can honestly say, it, my whole forty years, no one's ever, not just Israel. I mean anything, Republican talking points. Nobody's ever given me. Maybe I've never rated talking points 
a sheet with talking points or anything like that or coached me or never, ever, ever, ever. If you got a brain, you don't need them. I'm saying things that the Republicans aren't saying. I should be giving them talking points about abortion and guns and and what's going on in the schools. And I've been saying this since October 7th, what BB just said about the PA, Palestinian Authority, since I think the first show I did after October 7th. But I've been saying it for years and years and years. Uh, I'm not saying it's the first time BB's ever said it. But you can't. How many times on this airwave have I said the Palestinian Authority? They're the moderates that our president, our administration in the United States of America wants to take over the Gaza Strip. While our Congress has reprimanded them because of their textbooks and their their kid shows teaching to kill the Jew and hate the Jew and that the European Union has condemned it for the same thing. That Palestinian authority you're going to put in charge? Are you kidding me? I've been saying that all month. And it's the first time I've heard BB say that since October 7th or anybody in the uh, in the Israeli government say that. Anyway, OK, here's uh, one more from BB. Uh, cut one twenty three. Who would that be? be Who would that be? Mr. Prime Minister? Who would that be? I, I think it's too be? early to say. I th- OK. Kirsten, I think it's too early to say, but I can say one thing. The first task we have to achieve is defeat Hamas. The first task the Allies had to achieve before they could reconstruct Germany was to defeat the Nazis. These, as the German Chancellor said, are the new Nazis. We'll defeat them, and then we'll work to have a demilitarized and a de-radicalized Gaza, which will give hope to these people. I mean, they're living under 16 years of horrendous, tyrannical rule of Hamas. We'll liberate them. And we'll liberate ourselves from the from this horror, this scourge of barbarism that plagues not only us. It's not only our war. Kirsten, it's your war, too. It's the war of civilization against barbarism. We have to win it. And there, we will. There you go. And, and by the way, what did I call them on the first night after the attack? Modern day Nazis. I'm not, there's nothing ingenious about that. But again... I don't know, you know, the German, I know the German chancellor did say it a few weeks ago and I know now BB is saying it. And, you know, I mean, uh, just uh, I got to tell you, I spoke to somebody who uh, personally who saw the, the the video, who who saw the video from the Israeli government in Israel. I know Chris Christie was was in Tel Aviv the other day. Maybe he's still there. He saw it, but that's not who I talked to. Believe me, Chris Christie has no use for me anymore. He used to. But he doesn't anymore. Anyway, um, folks, putting a baby in an oven and roasting it, killing it in front of their parents and taking pleasure in it. And I'll stop at that. I'll just stop at that. Think about that. Think about that. And the answer from the Hamas supporters is what? It never happened. None of this ever happened. Okay. All right. And neither did the Holocaust, by the way, for good measure. All right, folks. Tomorrow, Barack Obama under the microscope. The man's running the country. The man is running the country. He has been since before the 2020 election and, um, and maybe even way, way before that. We'll talk about it. 
God willing, tomorrow, right here. Uh, Jason Olborn is next. You know it. I know it. So don't go anywhere. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio.